Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unk, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unk podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unk, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Brain Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Brain Stuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. Back in the year 1900, there were just 4,192 motor vehicles in the United States. But every year, the number of cars skyrocketed. By 1908, it was 63,500. As of 2021, it was some 282 million. As automobiles grew in popularity, eventually replacing the horse and buggy, state governments needed a way to keep tabs on vehicles and their owners. The simple license plate was the solution. For the article this episode is based on, How Stuff Works spoke via email with Ian Lang, a senior car advice editor at the online car resource Bumper.com. He explained... New York became the first state to require owners to register their motor vehicles with the state. The New York legislature required vehicle registration on April 25th of 1901, followed by California later that year. It was Massachusetts that actually issued its first license plates in 1903. New York's first plates were homemade, bearing only the owner's initials without any numbers. And France actually beat all of them to the punch with motor vehicle tags issued as early as 1893. In fact, all the way back in 1783, King Louis XVI mandated that carriage drivers in Paris have metal plates with their names and addresses fixed on their carriages. Lang said, By 1918, license plates had been issued by all 48 contiguous states. 
it was common for early plates to have just the state's name or abbreviation, a registration number, and, more often than not, the year. These plates were made out of either leather or metal, and were not very standardized from state to state. Some of these have become collector's items. In August of 2022, the very first license plate issued in Illinois went up for auction, fetching a whopping price of $34,000. The plate was supplied by the local government of Chicago in 1904, and fittingly bears the number 1 in a bold font. Initially, license plates were issued to last the life of the vehicle, but by the 1920s, registration renewal became a thing. Lang said, During this time, states began experimenting with different methods of creating license plates. Typically, the front of the registration card, a plate, would have the registration number in large centered numbers, while the back would have the abbreviated name of the state and a two- or four-digit year of validity. Around the 1950s, license plate size and materials began to be standardized to what we see today. After 1956, all American as well as Canadian plates measured exactly 6 by 12 inches, that's 15 by 30 centimeters. In 1954, the vehicle identification number, or VIN, was also introduced as a reliable method of tying registration documents to a particular car. So, what do the numbers on license plates mean today? U.S. states use many different conventions when it comes to assigning plate numbers. Many states do it randomly. Others, like Idaho, designate numbers and letters based on the county where the plates are issued. The digits and letters are usually embossed and painted, though some states have moved toward completely flat metal plates. Each state offers designs with local slogans or symbols serving as the backdrop, perhaps a local plant, a famous landmark, or a historical figure. Some states require tags at both the front and rear of the vehicle, while others issue only the rear plate. And of course, there are also plenty of custom vanity plate options that allow drivers to pick designs that are meaningful to them, and to choose their own characters that create words or phrases, as long as they don't spell out profanity. Lang explained, The majority of passenger vehicles today have license plates with six or seven characters, but some states allow vanity plates with a maximum of eight characters. In addition, most states do not allow letters I, O, and Q because they're too easily confused with zero and one. For many decades, the Department of Motor Vehicles system has used prison labor to meet the constant demand for new license plates. Lang said, it's estimated that 80% of license plates in the United States are produced in prisons. In prisons, the actual metal plates are stamped, then the plastic sheeting is applied. Several prisons manufacture plates for multiple states. Just for one example, all of California's plates are cut and stamped out of aluminum in a facility at Folsom State Penitentiary. The plant uses around 120 inmates to churn out over 45,000 license plates a day, consuming 15,000 pounds, that's 6,800 kilos, of sheet metal in the process. Many advocacy groups, including the ACLU, have decried the use of prison labor in the United States. After all, inmates frequently make less than a dollar per hour on the job, even if the skills they learn there might help them in the future. We wanted to mention it here, but of course, prison labor and other practices could be a whole series of episodes or a whole different series entirely. But back to license plates. 
the majority of plates issued to date have been hunks of lifeless, unchanging metal. But recently, electronic plates have been introduced in states like California, Arizona, Michigan, and Texas. This new variety is a small flat panel screen, roughly the same size as a traditional plate. It can either be hardwired into a vehicle's electrical system or supplied with an internal battery that will last about five years. The company responsible for these digital plates, Reviver, says that they're more convenient than the traditional plate because you can update vehicle registration online and see the change reflected on the digital plate screen. However, this does come at a subscription charge of $19.95 a month, or $215.40 for four years. And that's in addition to the fees charged by states for vehicle registration. If you want the plate hardwired, that requires an extra installation cost. Since you can renew or change out your metal tag for less money, digital tags probably hold more appeal for commercial enterprises that have to keep track of several vehicles at one time. Businesses could also monitor locations and mileage on their fleet with these plates. Uh, But even if digital plates take off with consumers, you'll probably be seeing the old pieces of stamped aluminum on American roads for many years to come. Today's episode is based on the article, The Long, Strange History of License Plates in the U.S., on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Talon Homer. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.